Tony G Show back in action this Thursday for the 16th episode of Season 7. We are cruising right along. How was your day off, Will? We had a day off on Tuesday. Oh, it was actually really nice. It was okay. productive. I got a lot of stuff done. Yeah. So Semester's really ramping up. I it mean, is. It is. Wow. It was well needed a, a day to dedicate to work. And, I mean, we had advisement, too, so we have to get our schedule together. Exactly. A whole bunch of things going on from the school perspective for... Your two hosts of the Tony G Show today. So Will and I just keep piling it on ourselves. We have set up our November series of interviews. Wednesday, November 10th, Gary Gresh, the head basketball coach for St. Norbert College, will come on the show. This is something Will and I have interviewed him before mm-hmm. uh, for Will's show uh, that you're still on the court for. You were a part. That was, was, that was your was show, too. But, you time. know, I was more in the background. I no, was more no. like Matthew Swanson. That was Will McCormick. That was Matthew Weaver. You know what I mean? No, you were. that was your show, too. Oh, whatever. You're an honorary member. Honorary. Yeah, I like that. Either way, Gary Gresh is going to come back on to uh, the surface on the interview level for Will and I. We look forward to that. That was something that... Didn't he bring that up? Remember when we used to do the golf thing and we would see him quite often? Yeah. I think he brought that up. He did. He was the first one to... Actually... He was. It was. It was really early on in the in the class where we were we, like. I don't think we even started the season yet. And he no. Was like, yeah, I'll come on the show to do the yeah. <laughs> to do an interview. I think we just spitballed it at him, and he was down for it. So right. That that interview will be released on Wednesday, November tenth, and then the next Wednesday, Wednesday, November seventeenth, the interview will drop with Saint Norbert College women's basketball guard Olivia DeClean, and this is someone I really wanted to seek out for an interview because she's been with the program for quite some time now. And I want to get her take on. She's seen. She's been coached by Connie Tilly. She's been coached by Amanda Leonard Perry, who is the coach now. She's played with a wide variety of talent. She has loads of experience, and I really want to get her perspectives on certain aspects about basketball. That'll be a good interview again. The tenth and the seventeenth interviews will drop, and then also our Thanksgiving episode is going to be Tuesday, November twenty third. And what it's do you know? A good one. It's going to be a good one, Will. What do you know? Just like last Thanksgiving, we are going to re up with Jason Fonder for our Thanksgiving episode. That one is like a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. We're, g- we're going to be blocking out like a four-hour recording time for <laughs> yeah. that one. Yes. And it, the conversation just goes so natural with him. It's just, he's like a sport encyclopedia mm-hmm. that's like funny. Too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, he, yeah. He's, it's going to be great to have him back on the show. That'll be the Thanksgiving episode on the 23rd. Bunch of shows coming up. November's just getting busier for the Tony G Show. Again, this is our 16th episode of Season 7. 16 times, Will, you and I have sat in Tony G Studios and recorded the Tony G Show. It's moving. I was tired of you by episode 4, 5. I know. I'm ready to leave. <laughs> well, we do have a good one scheduled for today. We're going to talk the Tennessee Titans. Is there still hope for them after the injury with Derrick Henry? He might be out for the season, might return late in the season, but by that point, will there even be a point to him coming back? We'll talk about the Tennessee Titans' landscape of their season moving forward after the Derrick Henry injury. Second segment, we're going to do a World Series recap. Braves won the World Series just a few days ago, and so we are going to recap that, the whole Houston Astros thing, revisit the picks that we made in a discussion for the World Series. Then we'll transition into Tony G's Picks of the Week, Will. I'm excited for this week. Oh, man. We're going to recap last week's picks of week eight, and we're going to get Tony G's picks of week nine, and you are going to want to listen to that segment. Mm -hmm. You are going to want to listen to that. Matter of fact, skip to that part now, Tony G's picks of the week, and then come back and listen to the rest of the episode. Great. I mean, I'm just ecstatic. I'm on a win streak, Will. I'm rolling hot, and we have a good episode for you today, don't we? We do. Okay. Season seven, episode 16. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G.
You're listening to The Tony G Show, now in its seventh season. Subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Also on Instagram at Tony G Ordana. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. Well, I have a proposition to make to begin our first segment of the show today. I think we are going to see who the Tennessee Titans really are following the injury with Derrick Henry. King Derrick Henry, the running back who the Titans have rode to victory for like the last three seasons. He's been in the league longer than that, but has really made his name heard in these last couple of seasons. Set a sore back the last five <laughs> exactly. seasons for carrying because the Titans. The entire organization has been on his shoulders. Yeah. And it's something we've talked about before. And Derrick Henry, do, he carries the ball in like every play. <laughs> I mean, that is the Literally. game plan for opposing defenses when they play the uh, Tennessee Titans. Is It's going to be Derrick Henry. It's mm-hmm. going to be the Derrick Henry show. And with that, we talked about how durable he has been for the last couple of years. I think we literally jinxed it. I also do, because just we a did. few episodes ago, we talked about how durable he is. We said he never gets hurt. And he just never gets hurt. Here we go. Foot in the mouth. Speaking of foot, uh, Derrick Henry underwent foot surgery on Tuesday. So in response, the <laughs> you like that segue, Will? <laughs> Get I mean, out of here. Goes, of course. Get out of here. Of course. The Tony G Show mentions how he doesn't get injured and then... Yeah, yeah. Derrick Henry goes and gets injured. The foot thing, though, huh? Yeah, it was good. Thank you. In response, Tennessee, the Titans, signed uh, Adrian Peterson in his absence. You know, It's an interesting replacement. It is. Uh, It's not necessarily a replacement, however, because the 36-year-old got signed just to the practice squad for now. True. So we probably won't play this upcoming week, and we're going to pick the Titans game in Tony G's Picks of the Week there on Sunday Night Football. So that'll be towards the end of the show if you haven't skipped there already. They also signed Dante Freeman. Uh, he has two career touchdown carries that he had with Houston in 2017. Last year, 2020, he had 95 yards on 22 carries with Tennessee. So a familiar name to the Titans. Mm-hmm. And that's someone that they're really going to start to run with uh, in terms of having some depth on the running back core. But it still goes to mention that you can't replace a Derrick Henry. I mean, you have a once-in-a-lifetime type of running back, yeah. a guy who doesn't usually get injured, a guy who carries the ball in every play, who averages an innate amount. He was on pace for the MVP this year, Will. He was. I think I saw a stat he had like 700 yards after contact. Something yeah, just yes. crazy. Well, you mentioned yards after contact this season. Yeah, it's something like that. But last year, he had 2,000 yards after contact in that year that he... <laughs> I mean, It's ridiculous. Isn't that nuts? Seven 50-yard rushes. This year he has 10 touchdowns, 937 yards, rushing yards alone. He was my pick for the MVP. He, I mean, he would have won. He is the most valuable player in this league. Mm-hmm. He is. Was. And that's a quarterback award. <laughs> was. Wow, well, coming in cold. But that, <laughs> I mean, who can argue now? Right. We see, after an injury to a running back, they usually start to decline. We'll talk about that in a second. But mm-hmm. he was my pick for, and we didn't make this argument yet, Usually we have by the 16th episode of a season, season 7 in the Tony G Show, but it was one that we were waiting on, kind of seeing how the season develops, making yeah. MVP or, or pick Rookie of the Year and stuff like that. He was my pick, early pick for MVP, and it's a quarterback-dominated award. It is. 
especially in this generation. You just don't see running backs win it like that. So it, he was probably on track. Had he stayed healthy, had he continued to keep this production up and be the workhorse that he is, you would have seen Derrick Henry become the most valuable player of the league. And I don't think you would have had much objection to it. He's just so valuable. And that's why I say we are really going to see who the Tennessee Titans are now. Because mm-hmm. it's like, the, you know, we're from a Wisconsin market, so let's keep going here with the Green Bay Packers. When they lost Aaron Rodgers a few seasons ago, a couple different times, we saw who the Green Bay Packers really were. Yep. The type of team that they were. The type of offense they'd run. The type everything. Of off- everything. Just everything. They started to lose more games, right. and you saw how valuable Aaron Rodgers really was. And we made this argument earlier in the season with the Seattle Seahawks that once they lost Russell Wilson, we're going to see who the Seattle Seahawks really are. Mm-hmm. So this is pretty much the same argument, same type of segment, but for the Tennessee Titans instead yeah. of the Seattle Seahawks or the Green Bay Packers, who we've mentioned in that episode as well. Again, Derrick Henry was on pace for the MVP this year, and Tennessee with Derrick Henry... Second in the NFL with just under 33 minutes of time of possession. Very important. Very important, especially when you run the ball. The clock runs a lot. So that tells me that the Tennessee Titans really relied on slowing the defense down, tiring the defense out, you know, the types of hands on the hips, heavy breathing type of defensive. um, What's the word I'm looking for here? The type of defensive body language. Yeah, yeah. And and just that, you're right, a breakdown over the course of a game because Mm -hmm. it's Derrick Henry – you might stop him on the first two drives. You might stop him in the first quarter if your defense is good, but then he's going to break through because you know, they're always on the field. Yeah, and he'll hit you in the nose, too, before he tackles. You know, he's a downhill down. runner, man. Yeah. And he's no Chris Carson in Seattle. He's no Deion Lewis from the Patriots Super Bowl years and also in Seattle for a few years. He's a big, big guy, mm-hmm. big, strong guy. So when he hits you, you know he hits you. You know there's right. that commercial where he's got the dudes hanging on him and he's running on the treadmill and they're like, how long is this going to be? And he's going to be like, and he's like, you got a couple more hours. Right. You know, it's, that's Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. He's a downhill, big refrigerator type of runner. You're not going to stop him on the first hit. And that only helps Ryan Tannehill make those throws. Like, because we, we've talked before, Tannehill, at least on the surface, he looks like he's a position, he's a, he's a game manager essentially for the, for the Titans. Most of their offenses run through the production of Derrick Henry. And having a running back like that makes being a quarterback for that team way easier. That's true. Way easier. So now we're really going to find out what does Tannehill have under the hood. You know, off the microphone, well, I've had a lot of debate and discussion with uh, sports fans and friends of mine about is Tannehill actually good? Mm -hmm. Like the Tennessee Titans are a good team. They win a lot of games. They've been to the playoffs the last couple seasons. Is, Is Ryan Tannehill actually good? I don't know. You know, that's a hard argument to make because right. it's been so Derrick Henry-led the last couple of seasons. He's had tools at the wide receiver position, and he does now. A.J. Brown has been there for a couple of years. Julio Jones, who's past his prime but still in the organization. Then Marcus Johnson, uh, another name that I like in that wide receiver core. But is Tannehill actually good? And we've mentioned on the show hundreds of times throughout the course of the show's history that you can win with an average quarterback. Oh, totally. You don't need Aaron Rodgers. You don't need Patrick Mahomes out there slinging touchdowns. You can win with an average quarterback if you build around him. Mm-hmm. But is Ryan Tannehill like actually good? I don't know if I see that from him. He doesn't make throws that I'm like, wow, I need to be. You know, even Sam Darnold will make a throw once in a while where I'm like, he's got an arm. Yeah. I don't. I haven't seen that out of Ryan Tannehill. He's probably just quietly accurate. More than anything, but there's nothing I see in his game that I go, that guy is an elite quarterback or a next-level quarterback. I don't see anything in that game of his. In the 2020 season, Tannehill threw 33 touchdowns with seven picks. Currently, right now, he has 10 touchdowns, seven picks. So he's already tied 
That's an interesting statistic. It, he's already tied his interceptions from last year. So this is, and this is a this is a Tannehill throwing with Derrick Henry in the backfield already. Yeah. So, hypothetically, this could get worse. I wonder why that is. Yeah. I, I all I you know it's like I said last season it was probably the quietly accurate thing. Yeah. He was probably the guy that doesn't make a whole lot of headlines. Right. But he's someone who can step in, and you can win with an average quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. And so he just kind of did that, played his role. This season, I'm starting to think maybe he's shown who he actually is. This is a guy, remember, that the Miami Dolphins loved. The Miami Dolphins loved Ryan Tannehill when they, when they had him. Mm-hmm. When they first got him, they first drafted him, and they, they loved Ryan Tannehill. They, yep. That was their guy. And everyone around the league was like, I'm not seeing much out of him that really <laughs> that validates your love for him. Uh, in terms of Miami Dolphins loving Ryan Tannehill. I don't see it in him. Then he bounces around, finds his way in Tennessee, and he's starting to do the same thing. Nothing really special, but he wins games. It's a good team. Tennessee's a good team. Yeah, his 2019 uh, season with the Titans was by far his best. With uh, In terms of quarterback rating, he had a rating of 117.5. Right now he's sitting at 90.2. So he's regressed yeah. a fair amount. It's interesting. So, and, and obviously, we're talking Derrick Henry here, but that's another well. We're also facet talking, of this conversation that of needs course, to be discussed because we're also talking Titans. And right. The whole conversation really is how the Titans play out without Derrick Henry, and that's certainly part of the discussion. Well, and we're going to see who they really are. Mm-hmm. We will see who they really are. We've started to see who the Seahawks really are. They can't win without Russell Wilson. I mean, Geno Smith has picked up a game or two, but. We see who the Seahawks really are. We're going to see that same thing here with the Tennessee Titans. Remember, they started the game on a, on a low note. Right. They were 0-2, I believe, to start the season. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see who they really are. Maybe they'll regress to that. It's kind of interesting. You'd think with the talent of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones together, man, like how are they not yeah. absolutely dominating the passing game right now? I, and I understand Jones has been out for a fair amount of games, Jones right? Jones is injury injury prone. He's past his prime. AJ Brown has been surprisingly bad this year. Yeah, I think he's had a couple of drops as well. He hasn't been getting targeted as much. Maybe he hasn't been as impressive in practice. But it all leads to leads me to believe we're going to see these holes start to be exposed more and more. So, do you see the Titans competing still? Do you think this is like a very like up in the air team, or do you think they tank? To answer that question, will. I like that question. That's a great question. I'm going to go to the defense. And we said it, I think, just last episode. Defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. Look at the Tennessee Titan defense. You remember that game? The one game I want to highlight here. Put it in your minds. You remember that game against the Seattle Seahawks and the Seahawks and Tyler Lockett and DK Mack? They were 70-yard passes on every drive. I mean, it was a high-scoring game. The secondary was just not competing. The defense of the Tennessee Titans, Tony G does his homework here, 28th in yards allowed. 24th in touchdowns allowed. They allow 41% of third downs to be converted, which isn't terrible. That's mm-hmm. actually middle of the pack. That's very good. A couple names I want to bring up. Their safeties are great. Amani Hooker. I don't want to say great. Maybe I'll retract that a little. Uh, I think they're good. They're very good. Mm-hmm. Amani Hooker, a guy I like. Uh, Kevin Byard, also a guy that's very, very good. good. I'm not buying into Janoris Jenkins. He's, he's washed. He's past his prime. You can see that he gets burned. He doesn't have the footwork that he used to. He's not as physical as he once was. Janoris Jenkins, washed. Cornerback Elijah Molden, he's young. He's a rookie. He's inexperienced. He gets exposed by these veteran wide receivers. I mean, you saw it in that Seattle game. Yeah, oh, yeah. Russell Wilson just had his way with that secondary. So that's interesting for me to watch because now I want to know 
if this secondary can step up and compete, and it's worth mentioning too before we move on from the defense of the Titans, that their best cornerback is injured. Uh, Christian Fulton, he is not playing. He's on IR. So that's a name that also plays into this idea that we're going to start to see there's more injuries now. Every team deals with injuries, but how do you respond to them? And that's something we're going to talk in the second segment. The Atlanta Braves were down a couple players, and they still won the World Series. A couple big-name players. That's the thing in sports is you have to win with injuries. You're never going to have a 100% completely healthy team, and even then it's hard to win. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see who the Tennessee Titans really are. Granted, it is worth mentioning that the division is not as good. Titans 6-2, and two, they're... They're leading the way. Colts three and five. Jags one and six. Texans one and seven. It's an easy division. They don't yeah. have to win fourteen games to win this division. I could see the Colts being a, you know, they could sneak up on them though. They could be a wild card. But to mention, you know, you bring up defense and it's hard to win. Yeah. When your defense gives up your know, twenty fourth and touchdowns allowed, like, yeah. it's going to be really hard to score that much. And so that makes me wonder, you know, maybe they're leading the NFL in time of possession. That might mean they're not scoring that fast. Okay. I, I, I'm, and I don't, I'm not going to look it up right now, but this is just food for thought. Spitballing, sure. Um, I wonder, you know, if they're allowing 24th touchdowns allowed per game, are they going to have to pick up the pace in scoring? You know, run the ball less, pass the ball more. Because if they're allowing, you know, that many touchdowns a game, they need to score more and a lot faster. So, like, running the ball... It's awesome because you can control the clock in that sense, but you need to. They need to score faster, you know, or at least to a degree to keep up with allowing, you know, twenty fourth in the NFL and touchdowns allowed. That's not. That's not good at all. That's I think regardless of, of what the strategy is, I think the point here is that we're drawing up a formula. You and I will live on this show, on this recording of the Tony G Show. Mm-hmm. We're drawing up a formula for failure for the Tennessee Titans. It's going to be hard for them to compete yeah. in some of these tougher games that they have coming up. And one, just this Sunday night, they head to Los Angeles to play the 7-1 and Rams. Like It's not going to be easy for the Tennessee Titans moving right. forward. Derrick Henry is maybe slotted to return. At first, everyone was saying he's not going to return. He's going to be out for the year. But you know Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel, the hard-nosed football guys that they are. They're like, Henry will be back. Okay, well, if he's back in weeks. 15-16, and you're floating at 500, the Colts have taken over the division, is it really going to matter? I just keep them out at that point. Right. So it, it's it, Sure, Henry can come back, and if you're in the division, if you're in the competition, yeah, that's going to help. But just don't rush him back. Because when we see injuries to running backs, and this is what I was alluding to earlier, was that when we see injuries to running backs, they're never the same. Derrick Henry is a different bird, so I'm not going to say he's never going to be the same. But look at Saquon Barkley. Historically, man. It's, yes. Historical. It, it is, the, the evidence is not in favor. Look at Saquon Barkley. He gets injured. Heads, he gets drafted by uh, the Giants right out of Penn State. Makes his name felt. I mean, Saquon Barkley, he's finally in the NFL, gets injured. Never the same. Injury, injury, injury. Look at Christian McCaffrey. I was just going to say. Injury, injury, injury. He that is a name I am safe to say. He will never be the same. No, he can't stay on the field for more than three games in a season. Correct. He can't. Yep. He, he's always out. He is the J.J. Watt of running backs. Yeah. And I don't mean that you know, disrespectfully to J.J. Watt. It's just a fact Yeah. that your body t- breaks down with more and more injuries. Mm-hmm. And 
J.J. Watt may never play a 16, now 17-game season in the NFL again. Christian McCaffrey, I feel safe saying he will never play 16, 17 games in one NFL season again. Injuries have just plagued his career. It's yeah. the thing with running backs. That's why you don't pay them. Right. It's hard. It's, hard. it's, it's a huge gamble. It really yeah, is. It absolutely it is. It really unless is. You, unless you absolutely use them, and I, I hate to keep drawing back to this example, but it's a perfect example that comes to my mind right now from this Wisconsin market is the Green Bay Packers sign Aaron Jones. And don't mention it. Don't. We're gonna <laughs> jinx it. <laughs> don't say it, Tony. Do right not say it. As I said it, Will McCormick shakes his head. Okay, I'm not gonna say anything of that nature. But just look at how they use Aaron Jones. Yeah. They split time between him, Jamal Williams, last year, the years before, and now AJ Dillon. They split time evenly to keep them fresh. Mm-hmm. Moving on. I swear. <laughs> I swear, Tony. If anything happens, it's the Tony G Show's fault. Oh. It is the Tony G Show's fault. We okay, but them. look at Adrian Peterson. And granted, he was later in his career when he got injured. But he was never the same after that injury that took him out for the rest of the year. Right. Look at Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Injuries, 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 and he's never the same. Mm-hmm. Look at Frank Gore, guy who doesn't get injured that much, and he's going to run the football, run the rock in the NFL until he's 50. Yeah. I mean, so injuries are a huge factor in a running back's career. It just, it's just the way it is. It's like keeping the body... Once they get injured, it's the body's not like, you know, air quotes young. No, you know, it, it just loses not. that like, like their like their confidence in their knees and their cuts and stuff. It just starts to, I don't just dissolve well, the wear and tear on the cartilage, the wear and tear on the uh, the bones, the wear and tear on At joints, every joints. That's the word I was looking for. It's. Probably one of the more brutal positions in the league. In sports. I think it is. In sports, you just get pounded. I mean, you're getting 260, 70-pound, you know, four or five of them falling on you at times. Look how many times they get a a run right up the middle, and they just smash right into the line of scrimmage. It's at least three, four times a game for every running back that there's a play that goes nowhere, and they just get demolished. Mm -hmm. They get tackled awkwardly. They get hit hard. They get put to the ground without expecting it, so they can't brace themselves. Running back is one of the more brutal positions in sports. It just is. So I guess to go back to my question, how are you feeling about the Titans then? It's a good, it's a good question. It's a good place to start to wrap up this discussion and segue into segment two. Like I said, I think the division plays a huge role in it. The Colts have shown signs of being a better team than what they are. They took till week four or five to get their first win of the season. They started 0-3, 0-4. But they're 3-5 and heading into Thursday night football tonight. We'll pick that game later. And it's against the Jets, so you know things are looking good for the Colts. I think that they are going to be the wild card for this division. Of course, the Jaguars and Texans are like, come on. I mean, really? So I think if the Titans win, let's say 10 to 12 games, it'll be their division. It, it, you finish 10 and 7, you finish 12 and 5, it'll be your division. The Colts aren't going to win. Colts will maybe win 10, 11 games. I think it's going to be the Titans division no matter what. I do want to mention, though, and I don't want to discredit what we've said here because we have laid out a formula for failure for the Titans. Mm-hmm. It, from what we've seen, it'll injuries like this to your biggest player, Seahawks losing Russell Wilson, Packers losing Aaron Rodgers, Titans losing Derrick Henry, it's going to show who you really are as a football team. Yeah, It's going to really put your ga- gaps, we- your holes on defense, on offense, everywhere on full display. And this might be something that we see play out in this upcoming offseason. Oh yeah, absolutely. They'll find some they'll find something that they're like, "Wow, we're really bad at this without Derrick Henry." 
let's fix that. You know, yeah. that's something that we could see being sorted out a couple months from now. And I think, and this is off topic as well, but I think the Seahawks are going to start to see that their offensive line really needs work and really quickly. Yeah. So if this injury to Russell Wilson and the struggles that they have had haven't proven that already, hey, you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, (laughs) that's a position you need to look at and work on in the offseason moving forward. You you have thoughts, Will, on how the Titans will finish out. Again, easy division, but they are are down their biggest player. They don't have the easiest schedule, and it all starts on Sunday night when they head to L.A. to play the Rams. It's a tough question because it, it, I mean, it really basically depends on how good Ryan Tannehill really is. Yeah. Um, and if Julio can show up, if AJ Brown can show up, which they haven't all season, right? And so maybe it's time for them to show out. I mean, it's certainly possible, but I don't see it being. I see it being maybe a five hundred finish from this point out. Like okay. not five hundred. Like they're gonna go five hundred on the rest. All of their the games, games remaining. Yeah. And that four game cushion with being six and two will definitely help that. Yeah. And it is hard. To, you're right. It's a tough question because it just happened. I yeah. mean, Derrick Henry just had surgery on Tuesday. Right. We don't know right. who the Titans are without Derrick Henry. We haven't seen it for years now. So we will absolutely see what it'll be like without Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, quickly here before we segue. They're running back depth chart now. Jeremy McNichols is their head honcho, the guy taking the majority of the snaps. And then who are the two names I mentioned earlier? They signed Dante Freeman um, from the practice squad and then signed Adrian Peterson to the practice squad. It'll be interesting to see how this Mm -hmm. plays out. It definitely goes without saying. Whenever Adrian Peterson gets signed, everyone just throws a fit and is like, oh, wow, Adrian Peterson gets signed. He's going to be, wow, this isn't 2000. No. 11, Adrian Peterson. This yeah. isn't like 2012. This is 2021, Adrian <laughs> Peterson. Okay? <laughs> the guy is 36 years old. Yeah. You think we're really going to see the MVP, Adrian Peterson, from his Viking days? If that happens, then the Titans will be good. Yeah. I'll tell absolutely. you that. Absolutely. <laughs> if that happens well, then I think they've stumbled onto something with him and when Derrick Henry returns. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to see that, though. I'm not saying he's not going to be productive. There's a reason that he's still getting signed. He's gonna have he's gonna have some sort of an impact, not this week, maybe not even next week, but in weeks coming up. We'll see how this plays out for the Titans. I say they'll still win the division. Nothing to panic over just yet. Mm-hmm. But if you start losing games and start to not be as competitive, it's worth mentioning. We'll segue here, segment one to segment two. World Series recap and discussion. The Atlanta Braves have won. The World Series over the Houston Astros. They did it in six games. If you remember my picks, I said the Braves would lose to the Astros in six games. The Braves won in six games. (laughs) A 7-0 win in game six on Tuesday night. It wasn't the most exciting World Series. I'll say that. I'll admit it. It was a little, like, I remember even just talking to somebody, like, the World Series is over? Yeah. Like, granted, it is baseball, so, shocker. And I... I can't help but to go here. You watch it over there. I can't help to go here. But I, it kind of went fast, too. The postseason just flew by. Remember when we had this discussion, Will, on the episode, is this game still on? Mm-hmm. Because the games are just taking forever. Yep. And it's the score of the game. It's just lopsided. It's not 2-1 baseball. Granted, uh, game four, the Braves won 3-2. Game three, Braves won 2 nothing. Those were the closest games 
of the World Series. We didn't see that at all. It's not pitching showdowns. That's what really sells. T- Everyone's like the home run and the offense is what's going to sell tickets. But in the playoffs and postseason, that tensity of a close game and a pitching right. duel, that's what will sell you tickets. That is what is going to make you money if you are the Major League Baseball, the League of Baseball. That's what's going to make you money. Which is out of their control, really, unless it's like a it is. scripted game, but it's definitely not. <laughs> yeah. You can't reform that. You can't no. tell managers to keep their starters in five innings at a minimum. I mean, it just doesn't happen. You know, but we used to see that. We used to see the the dogs, the, the horses of a pitching rotation take it into the seventh, eighth, ninth innings. You know, we used to see Clayton Kershaw go deep. Now, granted, mm-hmm. he didn't get to the World Series you know, till he was exceeded in age, but we used to see the Matt Keynes go seven, eight innings. We used to see the James Shields, back when he was good with the Royals, go six, seven innings in a postseason. We used to see these long extended outings for a starting pitcher, and now they'll go three, four innings, give up a run, and get pulled. It's what? And then you go to the bullpen. It just doesn't make for good baseball. It no. just does not. Look at the scores of these World Series games. Besides game three and four, where the differential was two games and then one game. Game one, Braves win 6-2. Game two, Astros win 7-2. Game five, Astros win 9-5. And then game six, Braves win 7-0. This was the trend that we, we talked about. It's happening all postseason. These blowout games. That's mm-hmm. not, the offense is not going to sell you tickets. It's not going to make you money. It's the pitching that's going to do it when it comes postseason because that tensity is what everybody loves. Me, I love baseball, right. but when I put it on, I'm like, you know, I'm going to flip around. I don't want to watch this game. It's 4 nothing in the fourth right. because everybody sells out on the home run ball, and now you're like, you're not going to – it feels like a four-run deficit is insurmountable. And granted, the Astros, when they won game – which game was that? When they won game – I think it was five, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, when they won game five, nine five, they were down five to nothing, four to nothing at one point. First inning, grand slam, and it felt like the game was over. Now, granted, it wasn't, but you just have that feel because right. everything is so offense dominated now that when one team gets that home run, it's like, well, it's going to take four or five home runs to get into this game because we can't string together hits because offense doesn't work like that anymore in Major League Baseball. That's not the way it works. It's not let's string together a couple hits, see if we can get one in the gap and bring everybody home. It's let's get it over the fence. <laughs> And everybody's bought into that's going to sell tickets, that's going to make money, that is what is going to drive the revenue back up for this league, and it's tearing it apart. Nobody's watching these games anymore because there's no intensity to them. They're boring. They're boring games. And I say that as someone who loves baseball. I can sit there and watch these games and try to figure out what pitch is coming next, but in a 6 nothing game, who cares? The World Series MVP was Jorge Soler, batted 300, had 6 hits, 3 home runs, 6 runs batted in, 4 runs scored, 3 walks. It was probably going to be between him and Freddie Freeman. I'm guessing you're glad Freddie Freeman didn't win it. I am. Not a big Freddie Freeman guy. Yeah. I do want to revisit the Brian Snicker discussion, though. The manager who was in the Braves organization for like 45 years uh, up to this season and finally just got the opportunity to be the manager after he took over for Freddie Gonzalez a few seasons back. And I told you that story about how he bounced all around in the minor league system, had the opportunity to come up and be like a bench coach for a couple games, at the major league level and then just got sent back down and on the road all over the place with his wife, Ronnie, and he had kids. And he's on the road, finally gets this chance at 60, the oldest manager in Major League Baseball, to get the chance to be the manager of a baseball team, wins a manager of the year, 
gets them to the playoffs every year, and then finally 2021 gets them to a World Series and they win it. Great story Pretty for cool. Brian Snicker. That's about the only reason that that I'm happy the Braves won. I'm also happy the Astros didn't win. Yeah, you're a big – I'm not a big guy in the Astros type no. Yeah. They should not have that. No. Sure. Sure. I think we've had that. That might have been like season one or two we've had that discussion. That was three. Three? Oh. Yeah. We're Years old. ago, but, you know, Braves just seem destined to win, too. Mm-hmm. No Acuna, no Ozuna. Uh, Charlie Morton was injured during the course of the postseason. So you had injuries, and you still overcame them and won. Seems like they were just destined to win. And speaking about destined to win, I said that same thing when the Nationals won the World Series. You know what those two teams had in common? Hmm. They beat the Brewers on the way to the World Series, okay? <laughs> Braves, 2021 this year, won the World Series, beat the Brewers. Last year, Dodgers won the World Series, beat the Brewers. Year before, Nationals won the World Series, beat the Brewers. Dodgers lost in the World Series the year before the Nationals won it, beat the Brewers to get to the World Series. Cardinals won the World Series in 2011, beat the Brewers to get there. You see the trend I'm working on here? Right. What? When is it going to be the Brewers' turn, right? right? they got to get the upper hand at some point. Golly, man. Right? Three straight years you lose to the team that won the World Series. Would have been a fun year to win it, too. In five out of six? 2008, Phillies won the World Series, beat the Brewers. I mean, it's not like you're losing to the team that's going to lose in the next round. You are losing to the team that goes on to win the World Series. I don't know what type of voodoo magic is going on here. Right. But cut it out. Let's stop it. Golly. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of watching it. Because I know what's going to happen. We should get a little break from it now. Whatever. We can talk wanna, about soccer. We can wanna, slot it in. Yeah, sure. I want a break from you. I didn't mean it. Well, oh, come on. I <laughs> we'll start to cry in Tony G Studios. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to visit that discussion because... Um, something we do when a team wins the championship we always visit them and and the season they had congratulations to the braves man and you know what here here's another thing right when i figured i'm gonna decline de-escalate from this argument i have to go get hot again i heard on the broadcast game six braves are looking to win it because they were up by a touchdown seven to nothing and here comes joe buck mentioning the whole hank aaron thing the year that hank aaron passed away the atlanta braves are going to win the world series <laughs> He was Milwaukee's first and to end his career. All right? Atlanta owns them like, oh, he was everything Atlanta was. You know what? He was more Milwaukee than he was Atlanta. He was more Midwest than he was South. I don't want to hear this. You know, it is a good story. I can't. He did spend years in Atlanta, a lot of success. Right. He hit milestone home runs in Atlanta, but he only did it because he got on the track to them in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. All right? Golly, he's not the Braves. His numbers retired in Milwaukee, too, for a reason. Yeah. Right when I thought I was going to (laughs) de-escalate from that argument and get ready to talk about Tony G's picks of the week, I have to go get myself all hyped up again. Just tired of it. Tony G's picks of the week. An extended version of Tony G's Picks of the Week because there was no Tuesday show, so I couldn't recap them. And boy, do I have a recap to make, Will. It's a good if one. If you remember, yeah. 
Week seven, I won the last three games. Yep. Hot. We're 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 getting hot. We're getting hot. Sunday night football, you remember I picked thirty to sixteen, the Colts would win? Yeah. They won thirty to eighteen. And I said, I feel something changing. You're heating up. I'm heating up. Three game win streak coming into week eight. Spooky picks. Remember that was the Halloween yep. picks. Packers at Cardinals. I said Packers 24-23. Packers won 24-21. I called you right after. You did. You FaceTimed me. I was, I was like, like, are you You're a wizard. You go to the future or something and get a you know, sports almanac and see here's the thing, Well, I wasn't done yet. Sunday noon, Titans at Colts. I said Titans 30-24. They got the win 34-31. Buccaneers at Saints. They said the Saints have the Buccaneers number in the regular season. The Buccaneers do not beat New Orleans in the regular season. I said that trend will continue. I said Saints, 38-17, they won 36-27. Sunday Night Football, Cowboys at Vikings. This was a close game. Cooper Rush had to play, no Dak Prescott. I said Cowboys, 24-21, they won 2016. Uh-oh, 4-0. Monday Night Football, and this game was no flyby either. Giants 2-5 at Chiefs 3-4, and and the Chiefs, I had said it, they're not going to win too single-handedly either because they haven't been playing too mm-hmm. good. And I tell you what, they did not. Giants gave them a run for their money. I said, though, Chiefs were going to get the win 28-25. They got the win 2017-5-0. Let's go. In Tony G's Picks of the Week. Do you like my Back to the Future reference for the spooky picks? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Did you pick up on it or no? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Well, the, the loyal fans probably did. Sure, absolutely. The ones who were listening. Yeah, yeah. 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 Eight-game win streak I come into Week 9 with. You ready, Will? Mm-hmm. I'm 22 and 20. I'm finally over 500. Yep. I'm at 93 career wins. Don't let your uh, 93 and don't let your hot hand cloud your mind. I try not to, man. I tried to really think about these picks. I put some thought into it. Mm-hmm. Thursday night football. Let's start here. Jets two and five at Colts three and five. Colts ten and a half point favorites. Ten and a half points. Colts are three and zero versus teams that are under 500 this season. Jets have a bottom three offense. Mike White is in at quarterback, which I don't know is good or bad because Zach Wilson's been playing terribly all year. Colts in a blowout, 41-10 on Thursday Night Football tonight. Sunday, noon. This game wasn't easy for me to pick. Browns 4-4 four four at Bengals 5-3. Bengals mm. are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Remember when this was an easy game to pick? Browns are like 0-8 at this point of the year. and Yeah, I'm going to pick the Bengals because it's the Browns. They're on the road, of course. Here's the thing. Browns are 4-4. Four four. They're no blow-by either. Sixth best defense, Miles Garrett is on pace for 22 and a half sacks, which would set the record. Bengals have the 23rd ranked defense. I'm going to go with the upset here. Browns on the road in a close one, 27-25. Do you see Jamar Chase and what he quoted about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? Run it by me. Coming off the loss of the Jets, Jamar Chase claimed that Joe Burrow and himself are going to be a better duo than Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I mean, I like you both. You both got a lot of talent. I, like I think Chase is going to be great, but beat the Jets first, and then we can the, talk. <laughs> make that claim when you're not five and three, and maybe seven and one. Regardless, I think Browns are going to get the win on the road. That's a risky one. That's a risky one, but I say they're going to get the win in Cincinnati. Sunday afternoon, Packers seven and one, Chiefs four and four. Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites at home. No Aaron Rodgers. He's out because of COVID. What a story this has been. What a whirlwind of a week. Weird. Weird stuff. Seven-game win streak for the Packers. The Chiefs almost lost uh, to the Giants last Monday. They're, they, they just have a rough team this year. The thing that I think plays a role, and I initially had the Packers. I'm going to pick Chiefs. No Aaron Rodgers. 
I think Jordan Love, the second-year quarterback in Kansas City, that's just not going to play all well. I think Chiefs 24-13 is just going to be like a kind of a grinder game. The Packers win grinding games. Aaron Rodgers has said that, but there is no Aaron Rodgers this year. Right. You are getting Devontae Adams back. You are getting Joe Barry back. But how is Jordan Love going to play? No one's seen him play besides preseason. I don't know if I like it. Kansas City is a hard place to play. I think Chiefs are going to get the win 24-13. It is important to mention, though, the Packers played on Thursday night. They have 10 days of rest. Chiefs played on Monday night. They have six days of rest. Yeah, that's that's significant. That is significant. We'll see if that plays a factor. I'm still going Chiefs, though, and I'm putting my win streak on one of these. Okay? So, we'll see. The game that we've been talking about all episode, Sunday night football, Titans 6-2 and two at Rams 7-1. and one. Rams are 7.5-point favorites. No Derrick Henry. Titans are on the road. The Rams have a four-game win streak, and in that win streak, they've been scoring 32.5 points per game while only giving up 17. That's a winning recipe. With no Derrick Henry, I think that trend continues. The Rams get the victory, 31-17. Monday Night Football, Bears 3-5 at Steelers 4-3. Steelers, 6.5-point favorites. I, this has been the <laughs> biggest difference of splits I think we've done all year long. 10.5-point favorites, 7.5, 7.5, 6.5. Lines don't usually run like that. They're more like two and a half, three, a field goal, or four, four right. and a half, whatever. But seven and a half, seven and a half. Seven. Well, either way, Monday Night Football, six and a half point favorite. Steelers bring the 28th ranked offense to play the 32nd ranked offense of the Chicago Bears. Mike Tomlin is 22 and four versus rookie quarterbacks. He's won his last seven games for the last couple of years against rookie quarterbacks. Steelers will get the victory 18 to 15. It's that type of game, 18 15. Weird scores. Yeah, weird scores. Bad offense, yeah. not the best defense. A lot Those of, are my picks. A lot of weird, just funky plays. Yeah, maybe like a trick play here or there. I want to clarify, I, I said punt. When I said funky, not... All right, well... <laughs> it sounded... <laughs> Those are Tony G's picks of the week. Will McCormick, soap in the mouth. Colts, Browns, Chiefs, Rams, Steelers. I like it. Eight-game win streak, Will. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. 22-20, and 20, over 500 for the first point this year. What do you say we wrap it up? Tony G Show, what an episode it was. Won't see you till next Tuesday. Yeah, it was a – I mean, if we had a weird little break. It felt weird not having the show last – you know, this yeah. past Tuesday. And that's something we're used to doing. We're still on track for 25 regular season episodes in Season 7. So we're doing good by my account. Oh, we'll be great. I got no, I got no complaints. Next Tuesday, we have a normal show. Wednesday will be Gary Gresh. Next Thursday, we have a normal show. The week after, Tuesday and Thursday normal shows. Wednesday will be Olivia to clean. Then the Tuesday after that will be our Thanksgiving episode with Jason Fonder. There will be no Thursday episode. That'll be Thanksgiving. Then we'll come back the Tuesday after Thanksgiving later in November. That's the November schedule. we got a big month of Tony G show coming. Stay tuned for all of it. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of the Tony G Show in the books. Thanks for listening to The Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 